0: Needless Needless things 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 podcast. Hey, Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave. And you guys, this week we're bringing it to you. That's right; it is time for the Needless Things Hot Summer Jams playlist. We got together, we put together the hottest of hot summer jams, so you're going to be able to rock out just like the Needless Things regulars do each and every summer. Uh, but before we get to all that, I got a few things to cover here. Let me let me resize my screens. Uh, I am on day two of six 12-hour days in a row it's gross and I hate it but do get a little overtime in there so that's going to go in the old Dragon Con fund uh which is going to be dipped into soon because I need a suit I need some props for the game show I got to start stocking up on this stuff I'm 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 getting a little bit of a late start but it's just the nature of how this year has been Uh, All right. so before we get down to the playlist, I've got some Needless Things stuff, and I've got some actual news. We'll get to the Needless Things stuff first. Uh, Obviously, I want you to check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. This week, uh, only one video went up, but it's a special one. Uh, It's literally a special one because I take a look at the classic 1986 G.I. Joe Special Mission Brazil box set. Uh, that came with a an audio adventure on cassette. Uh, I, I it's not an unboxing because I did not get these mint in box because I do not live in a giant golden house on top of a hill on 800 acres of land. Uh, I I got them loose last year. It was a big big purchase for me uh, financially and uh, sentimental value wise. And and I explain all of that in the video. So please go check that out. And I also. Featured these incredible custom display stands that I got from G- uh, Display Joe figures on Facebook. That's he just operates off of Facebook. He's got a wait list and he does these 3D printed, hand painted custom stands. And when I say custom, I mean literally for each GI Joe figure. There are five figures in the Special Mission Brazil set and each one has their own stand with specific pegs and clips and things for the accessories. It's crazy. Go watch this video. You'll, you'll be blown away by these things. Uh, and I'm already back on his wait list for some more. So... There, he's got about a three-month wait list. I mean, this stuff is incredible. So go check that out. And there's only one video this week because this was a big Needless Things week. Uh, the newest Audible interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, went up on Monday where we talked about everything from YoJo June. Uh, we had a new installment of America's Elite. And then we just cover a bunch of G.I. Joe news. Uh, so the June episode, up now. Uh, Available from Anchor Podcast, which is on Spotify, uh, iTunes. I believe it's everywhere that you get your podcast. It's a different feed now from Needless Things. It's its own feed, so you got to go at it. If you've just been listening to it here where you get this one, now it's its own thing. Because it was important to me, just like Chapter 66, uh, our, our Star Wars fiction podcast, it was important to me that it be independent and searchable on its own. Uh, so, new Audible interlude, add that, go check it out. Uh, I, I keep hearing over and over again, I don't collect G.I. Joe, but I really enjoy listening to that show. Uh, and I've also heard, and now I'm collecting G.I. Joe. So, t- t- listen at your own risk. Uh, so yeah, that, that we get Monday new Audible interlude, Wednesday, because usually on the Needless Things YouTube channel, you get two videos a week. Uh, but I don't like promoting two things in one day because I feel like it, it just piles up too much. Uh, so that's this week. And then, of course, today you're getting the Hot Summer Jams playlist. Uh, all right, well, now that I've gotten all that out of the way, oh, and also, please join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. We want to hear from you. We want your input. We'd put up polls in there, ask questions about show content, uh, and and we would like for for you to share things that you think are cool. So join that Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Uh, all right, now it is time for some news. Ooh, it's been a little while since we've heard the news sting. There just hasn't been what I have felt was collectively enough news for a separate segment separated by the sting. Uh, so that's why that went on. But now I've got I've got news stuff here. Uh, first news, less news, more review. I probably should have covered it before the sting, but whatever. Conjuring three is out streaming on HBO Max. I was this was probably my most anticipated movie of the year, even over the Suicide Squad, which is insane because James Gunn, in my opinion, can do no wrong. Everything he touches is golden. But I love the Conjuring movies. They have delivered. Uh, you, even the uh, the secondary movies and and perhaps even tertiary at points, uh, in in one way or another have have entertained me and spooked me a little bit at least. So I was super stoked for the third actual conjuring movie, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, it disappointed me. I feel like the and and this is not really a well, I don't know you know what I don't want to spoil it. I'll just say this uh, I. Feel like the way they went with it to me it's the kingdom of the crystal skull of the Conjurverse in that what they did in the grander scheme of what the Conjuring movies are made a type of sense but just just deviated too far from what the Conjuring essentially is about uh, and, and it, it didn't deliver a whole lot of scares, it didn't engage me it was one of those movies where as it went on I kept thinking oh I don't think I like this very much so unfortunately that was uh, that's that's there's your news on that one that movie kind of let me down Uh, all right so in happier news Hasbro had a and if you listen to Audible Interlude you know that there was a big Yojo June live stream well Hasbro also did an I Am Your Father's Day Star Wars live stream where they announced a bunch of Black Series stuff. I'm not going to get into all that because I don't collect Black Series, except when I do. Uh, but Vintage Collection had some really exciting stuff. Uh, a 3.75-inch, the Mithril, uh, which is the guy from the beginning of the first episode of The Mandalorian. Well, and he comes back later on, too. Uh, a Bo-Katan Cries, uh, Quill and this one like if you had just told me this i would have been like one don't we already have that and two that's not that exciting but then when you see the picture it's a rebel soldier from echo base so it's the ones inside the base just kind of walking around i don't know if he's going to have like interchangeable parts like other releases they have had so that you can make them look different but i'm really excited about this because it's something we haven't had before I think it looks really cool. And then they showed uh, they like to do in the in the pipeline, which is f- things that they don't have even renders of yet, but that are on the way. And uh, they showed uh, Bib Fortuna, which is sorely needed. Lobot, which is perhaps more sorely needed. Uh, and as I mentioned on the Needless Things YouTube channel in my review of the carbon freezing chamber playset for the vintage collection with how badly we need a Lobot. As a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I did. I don't know if it's on the Needless Things YouTube channel or if I did it live on Instagram, but I opened up uh, the Jabba's Palace diorama and mentioned how badly we needed a Bib Fortuna. So clearly what I'm saying here is you're welcome. Hasbro obviously watched my videos and were like, this guy has a point. We need to get Bib and Lobot out there ASAP Uh, and so they're they're on the way you're welcome Uh, and then finally uh, another diorama piece the cantina from Navarro uh, from the Mandalorian which it's getting a little flack online and kind of rightfully so because who do we put in it Uh, they're not really delivering a whole lot of Cantina aliens or aliens at all well that you know I just talked about Queel and the Mithril uh, but you know who's going in this thing. Hopefully, this is a promise that, much like they did with the sail barge, uh, the Hezlab sail barge. Since uh, the Razor Crest is on the way, that we will be getting Mandalorian enhancement in the form of figures to go with that Razor Crest and with that uh, Cantina diorama. We'll find out. Uh, all right, moving on to. Oh boy, do I have mixed feelings about this next one. Super 7 earlier this week officially announced well, they put up a teaser image of Silverhawks Ultimates. It was Quicksilver's arm with Tallyhawk. So I'm torn because I love the Thundercats Ultimates. If they ever do Tiger Sharks Ultimates I'm going to have to get them. But the Ultimates are $55 now. And while I'm invested in Thundercats and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, I've ordered a couple others here and there. My gosh, to start in on Silverhawks, which is going to be at least a dozen figures before it's all said and done. Uh, I don't know, you guys. This is a daunting one. And And Monstar is 12 inches tall. And $85, or I'm sorry, he's 11 inches tall. Uh, whew, but but anyway, uh, so they announced it earlier in the week, and then they revealed images. Uh, today is Wednesday, I'm recording this, and they revealed them today of uh, Quicksilver and Tallyhawk, Buzzsaw and Shreditor, which by the way, best name for a little companion ever. Monstar and whatever his bat thing is called, and Steelheart and her bird companion. The renders they showed are not super exciting. They don't look I, I, obviously they're not gonna be vac metal. you You can't do a figure like this in vac Metal, but they just don't even look shiny, really. i I don't I don't know that I know what Super Seven was going for here maybe it's supposed to be more of an animated look but that deviates from what they've done with the other ultimates lines uh and and like i said i know vac metal's not an option but couldn't they have made them look like the the carbonized star wars figures that you know that metallic look i think would have been cool I, i don't know how i feel about these and it's, I guess it makes it an easier decision because, honestly, I was hoping that the Silverhawks, they, they had already teased them, were going to be reaction figures so I could just pass. But then when they were Ultimates, I was like, oh, no, this might be hard to resist, but I'm finding myself resisting them pretty easily, even though sculpt-wise, they look really, really cool. Uh, hopefully, they will have maybe some better images when these actually go up for pre-sale. Uh tomorrow to me yesterday to you guys I'm willing to give them another look but for the price and for the fact that Silverhawks like when I was a kid I never had any of the toys I watched the show but it wasn't I don't know I I can't say I loved it especially not enough to spend you know in the end potentially six hundred dollars or more for the collection of figures I'm glad they're doing them and I hope they turn out awesome, but right now I've, I've there's just too too much other stuff going on, you guys. Speaking of which, and speaking of Super 7, they officially announced and and I would save this for audible interlude. We will absolutely discuss it in further detail on the July episode. Um but, or perhaps on the August episode, because we won't know when we record our July episode, the announcement will not have happened yet, because the official Super 7 G.I. Joe reveal is coming on July the 15th. Uh, so that's all we know right now. We don't know if it's Reaction, we don't know if it's Ultimates, we don't know if it's possibly O-Ring figures, which is what we have been talking about on Audible Interlude. But more details, be sure you've, you're subscribed to the Audible Interlude feed. Uh, McFarlane Toys announced Batman 66 figures, and in the image, it was Batman, Robin, Joker, the Batmobile, and then the real mind-blowing thing is they're in front of a Batcave that appears to be an actual playset and not just, you know, expensive marketing set dressing. Uh, The rumor is that there is a Batcave playset. And 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 again, this is why I say there's so much stuff coming out. But the good news about this is pretty much everything McFarlane, or at least everything that I've been interested in or have been following, has been very easy to find at retail. Uh, you know, at the end of the year, I'm going to have to remember to give McFarlane a lot of credit when I'm trying to determine the best toy company of the year because out of everybody their products have been on shelves in a timely manner all year long or or for the whole past year so that's something to consider but i'm excited to see these batman 66 uh, figures in person todd McFarlane shared a picture on instagram they look pretty cool Uh, like i said i need to see them in person i need to see what they come with uh but it's 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 nice any Batman 66 product is nice to see and then finally the last thing uh in the world of overpriced toys on Ghostbusters Day Hasbro revealed repaints of those same four Plasma Series Ghostbusters that have been warming pegs for a year now uh that in my opinion don't look all that great and I'm sorry if you have them and you love them that's fine that's your opinion and you're welcome to it uh i don't think they're particularly great and these renders that they showed of those same figures with glow in the dark splotches of paint and glow in the dark proton streams for 8 dollars more than the figures that have been warming pegs for the past year they're out of their minds oh you know i, t- I take it back they're 26.99 so 7 dollars more uh, I'm sorry. They're twenty seven ninety nine if you get them from like Big Bad or Entertainment Earth, I think. But I'm sorry. I love glow in the dark toys. And if you had told me I would turn my nose up at glow in the dark Ghostbusters, I would have told you you're out of your mind. But these aren't that impressive in the first place, and then to charge seven dollars more a piece for them for some quite frankly lazy glow in the dark detailing uh, that that doesn't even. Like, yeah, there are scenes in the movie where they're covered in slime, but I I don't know. This just, I guess it's better than the painted on marshmallow would have been. And honestly, if these were just 20 bucks, like the regular ones, I'm, I would have been more tempted, but come on Hasbro do something better with this license Please, give us three and three-quarter-inch figures to go with that incredible Ecto-1, which, by the way, you can find a review of on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, do do something. Do better. please. Do better with everything, Hasbro. Uh, and then uh, they also revealed a three-pack of the little mini-puffs, which apparently feature in the movie. Uh, little miniature versions of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that look an awful lot like the Adipose from Doctor Who. Uh... They come with multiple heads and interchangeable parts, I guess. Uh, they're 3.5 inches tall, and those were also 26.99 dollars uh, for that three-pack, which is also mad overpriced, but I may end up with one of those i think it's one of those things where once i see the movie i'll be like well those are adorable i have to have those to go alongside my groot and my detective pikachu and and whatever other cutesy little mascotty characters i've got laying around here which is probably a lot as i say that i'm looking up at a mickey mouse figure that i got a couple years ago uh so anyway there you go that is uh for this week the stuff that i found worthy of reporting as news And with that, it is time to dive right into Hot Summer Jam! School's out for summer, it's summertime and the weather is hot. Kick back, grab yourself a margarita, and jam along as the Needless Things Irregulars share their top Hot Summer Jam. It's the summertime, which means the Needless Things musical experts are back to put together a playlist of Hot Summer Jams. Returning to the show, welcome back, Mr. Noel Wood.
1: Hey, hey, hot fun in the summertime.
0: And with her musical expertise and unique taste in summer jams, Biff Van Dusen.
2: I'm sorry that uh, there are no goth songs for anyone on here. Goth is not known for its spunky, outdoorsy themes.
0: Yeah, and you, you've got one pick. We, we've done something a little different this time, and, and we actually did check each other's uh, choices out in advance, so we'd have a little more room to talk about them. And uh, there, there's there's some stuff in here to dis- to be discussed, I think. And finally... <laughs> The glow in the dark world
3: champion, Mr. Bob Burke. What's going on, everyone? Happy pre summer. Well, this will, we're recording this one
0: actually like way in advance because I'm trying to get everything back on track to where we're doing four needless things a month and one audible interlude a month. So this actually isn't going to, it will be summer by the time this goes. Wait, when does, when does summer officially start? It's after Memorial Day, right? like
2: it's, mid like june right yeah, How late, mid, june? Like it's late
0: in june hmm. but it's
2: it's above 90 degrees it's summer uh, yeah i don't i don't care what the calendar says
0: i don't care what anybody says it's after memorial day is when summer starts and and at the very least we're we're getting you prepared because you want to have time to track these songs down because it's not easy to find music to get out to the record store and buy your your cassette or your record and then transfer it to whatever, you know, your 8-track in your car or whatever it is. You've got to take time to hunt these treasures down to prepare for the summer. So, we're going to give you plenty of advance notice to put together this incredible Hot Summer Jams playlist. This time, the order is set until the final round of picks. And we're basing this entire show around Noel's final pick. <laughs> Noel does not get to choose last in the final round because we are not leaving that taste in everybody's mouth. I'm just going to throw that out there so everybody can wonder during this whole episode. Wow, what what controversial tidbit? What what nightmarish snippet of sonic adultery has Noel chosen for the speed round? But you're going to have to wait to find out because right now, kicking us off with the very
2: first entry into the playlist is Beth oh all right well I'm I'm probably gonna massacre one of these names but this is the the first thing that popped to my mind and I almost kicked my own ass when I saw Dave's first pick but the first thing that popped to my mind was this song because this is like the the smoothest sexiest kind of summer like Exotic beachy thing I could think of, and that song is
4: the girl from Ipanema. Goes walking, and when she passes, she passes
2: The girl from Ipanema by Astrid Gil-, Gil Gilberto. That's not even the one I knew I was going to have problems with. Terry claims this is pronounced yayo. Ye- Gilberto and of course Stan Getz. Not a problem with that one. (laughs) If I pronounced Yeo Gilberto's name wrong, that's Terry's fault. Please come at him about it. There are many, many. Blame it
1: on the bossa nova.
2: There are many iterations of this song. This is the best one because this has both the foreign language and the English version. That's why I like this one so much. It's been covered by many, many people. Don't listen to the Frank Sinatra one. It's not sexy. This is the sexy version. It's got, I mean, it's got Portuguese. It's got jazz. It's smooth. It's it's just a sexy summer song. It makes you want to walk on a beach all sexy and, you know, in a way that I never could because I'm never going to walk along in a beach all bronzed. Can, can somebody pour some cold water on Beth?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little flustered here myself, actually. Damn. Sorry.
2: Sorry, Bob. Didn't mean to get worked up over there, but uh, <laughs> to me. This is a song,
0: the, 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 scene that plays in my head, uh, when I hear this is like an expansive summer, not a summer house, but like one of those cool summer club houses where you go and they've got the volleyball net and the showers in the back and the walkway goes directly out onto the beach. Uh, they've got like a grill downstairs, like a, a, a little restaurant with a grill downstairs and you're up on the top porch. Uh, the sun is going down. And you're either sipping daiquiris or perhaps if you prefer an herbal remedy, then that's your thing. Uh, But just mellowing out however you best enjoy mellowing out with that sun going down, this song playing, uh, which defies common knowledge that this is the elevator music song. Like this is this is like the running gag of TV and movies for the longest time is that this is the song playing like the little instrumental version in the elevators when characters
1: get on. <laughs> I, watched, I, think- uh,
2: I watched Deep Rising recently starring the fantastic Treat Williams and they do that joke in that movie. I, I yes. was
1: about to bring up that exact same joke.
2: I yes. love that movie.
0: <laughs> uh, that movie is phenomenal. Great summer film, by the way. Uh, but yeah, this this is an excellent way to kick off the playlist.
3: So this is one that how, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, how we kind of gave each other our list so we can kind of get a little more informed of the songs before we we came on tonight. So this is one that I clearly have never heard before. And as soon as I heard it, my what? first, I, I never heard, maybe I heard a different
2: version. I never heard this
3: version.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: All right. Bob, you usually say I'm too obscure for you. This is a classic. So <laughs> yes. I've never heard this, this one.
0: Okay. That's I, fair. I that's fair.
3: It immediately set like the tone of like I like I've kind of like Dave's saying you know like sunset over the beach and then I kind of took it a step further where I picture like people like just hanging out around a bonfire, Dave's in the corner seductively eating a hot dog. It really set the mood. It was nice. It was
0: as I often do, <laughs> covered in, covered in relish. Oh,
1: yeah, it's. It's a Bossa Nova classic, and I could listen to this and many other in the genre all day. Just the entire genre itself just is a very, you know, beachy, summery, South American, you know, you just, you just feel like you're, you're walking along the beach, enjoying a nice sea breeze. Light, pleasant stuff. Yes. All right.
0: Well, it is time to move on to our second pick coming from
4: Bob.
3: My first pick. I wanted to kind of uh, go a little classic with a modern twist, kind of so to say. So for my first pick, we're going to go with. I wow. That was California Girls by Diamond David Lee Roth. If
0: yeah, this was on my list, man. Oh yeah.
3: So so for me in picking this, like. I've always had this thing with this song where first of all, Dave just has that voice, you know, who it is. The second you hear that first little Dave screech, I don't know how to even imitate that it's impossible, but so you you take yourself back to the beach boys version. When I hear the beach boys version, I've always pictured them sitting on the beach with like funny Hawaiian shirts and like funny straw hats, suntan lotion on their nose and like cute girls kissing them on the cheek. Nice, upbeat, happy summer mood. That comes to a screeching halt the minute Dave sings this song. When Dave sings this song, I'm picturing Speedos, strippers with big fake tits, Jack Daniels. That's what I want my summer to be right there.
0: And, and rather than your traditional sand dunes, a literal dune of cocaine.
3: <laughs> oh man! See, so you just hook it up a notch that few will ever understand.
0: Uh the the song is fantastic. I think it's it's David Lee Roth doing what he does best is taking something and just turning it up to eleven or, or possibly fifteen, and it it just hits differently from the Beach Boys version. It it does have that '80s Vegas rock bales of cocaine feel to it. Uh, that, that only David Lee Roth can do. And then when you add... the and, and we're not necessarily talking about the videos, but they are an aspect of a lot of these songs. That video is some wacky 1985 shit. It was, uh, like
1: uh, every video he did around this, this time yes. know, was like that. And I was 10 years old when this came out. I loved the Beach Boys when I was a little kid, and I loved Van Halen. So when I hear David Lee Roth is doing a solo album, and his first big solo hit is one of my favorite beach boys songs i was in love with this song and i have been for you know 35 years
0: yes absolutely uh and but the video again the they do this twilight zone thing where dave's your tour guide which by the way if i were willing to shave my face i would do tour guide David Lee Roth at Dragon Con this year. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean that would be fantastic. I'd be curious to see how many people understood it though. Um <laughs> but this guy is just such a character. He's not real good at lip syncing. But my <laughs> gosh, is it, his his he's almost too much. Like he's too much for the screen. It's, it's so it's good fantastic. though.
3: Like, the video is great, but, I mean, this song is just, like, it turns the sleaze factor up to, like, 100. It's so great. Well, every How line becomes something...
0: this, this like, raunchy uh double entendre. Like, it's not just, uh, the, the Midwest farmer's daughters make you feel all right. Like, with the Beach <laughs> Boys, you're like, oh, what do they give you, like, a nice little back rub or something. With David Lee Roth, <laughs> like, you know there's something lascivious going on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just from the tone of his voice.
3: And like i said before dave's version of this song and the feeling i get from it that's what i want my summer to be that like none of us are ever going to legally get
4: No, no
2: there's so much of that 80s hair metal genre that makes me feel dirty and bad about myself or that i need to go take a shower and david lee roth has a way of making things dirty without being like really dirty there's a
0: strange wholesomeness to his perversion.
2: And there's a charm to it. Er, that earnest,
0: it's earnestness. Yeah. That's what it is. You yeah. get the feeling that, you know, these other guys are putting on a show and, and really are just doing the objectification sleaze thing. He's sleazy, but he
2: just means it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's who he is. See, I don't even feel the sleaze from it. Sleaze to me means and I know David Lee Roth, I'm sure, did not have pure intentions towards anyone's daughters in the '80s, but <laughs> he, he, I don't feel like he would have left them wrecked in quite the way no, that some no, other no, no, bands no. would have. No,
3: no, he's definitely not uh, not doing what, say, like Motley Crue would have done. Right? No.
0: <laughs> he's, a, he's a nice boy. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Well, I'm not going that <laughs> far with it.
0: Hey, he's got a VCR in his limo. Come on. <laughs>
1: Which I was uh, right. surprised watching that video that that Eddie Van Halen is in there, which I didn't think that he and Dave would have been on speaking terms at that point.
0: They played together for a little while after Dave started doing solo stuff. Uh, I I don't know the entire story, and I can only assume there there are books or will be books. I don't know. I I've, I'm not a big rock and roll biography guy. Uh, but yeah, if you look back, like there the partnership didn't end. When when he started running solo, which maybe that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, and
3: and, and real quick, too, like you said before, like you're not a big bio, like rock and roll biography guy, and like I'm not a big reader either. But it's funny how like through all these years, like all the different bands have had tell-all books and all that, and Van Halen is one. There's never really been anything out about them, so I'm sure okay, at that's some what point, I was wondering, like at some point, someone's going to tell this story well that's because
1: yeah. they Especially hope that you that forget passed. when they photoshop their members uh out of their album covers <laughs> later
3: on. yeah see i yeah. mean at some point someone's <laughs> gonna tell this story
0: they're the and- they're the george lucas of rock and roll <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh all right moving on to my first pick this is this was the first thing that popped into my head when it occurred to me for us to do this playlist it's it's the to me the summer song and it is The The unlikely combination of Annette Funicello and Fishbone performing Jamaica Ska from the movie Back to the Beach, the 1987 uh, parody. Only it's a parody that's so good, it almost doesn't feel like a parody, because it stars the aforementioned Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon, who were the darlings of the beach movies of the, I guess, 50s and 60s, and they come back in 1987 as the parents of the kids that they starred as in those movies, uh, but in, in the present day at the time, and... They have this sort of competition throughout the movie to determine, uh, well, first of all, one of the greatest movie lines of all time comes from Frankie Avalon. Why, oh, why, oh, why oh, did I ever leave Ohio? He's bemoaning their new uh, their vacation at the beach. He doesn't want to be there. He's got things to do. Uh, and so the whole movie is about having fun at the beach. And this song is Annette Funicello showing everybody how to have fun at the beach with the accompaniment of the irreplaceable fishbone. I was positive this was a cover of some like old traditional actual Jamaican ska song. And from, I'm not saying it isn't, but from what I was able to find online, because believe it or not, there is not a massive internet database about back to the beach uh, or about this song in particular that
2: is a, a damn, damn shame. shame it is a <laughs> true shame
0: nobody look there's not even like a shout factory or, or anything release of back to the beach uh not even mill creek has has put out like a nice blu-ray of it it's a crime because i loved this movie when it came out it was funny and it sort of poked fun at all the stuff that my parents loved so much. So at the age of 11, I was just starting to appreciate that kind of thing. And then Fishbone, this was my introduction to them. I am pretty positive. I'd never seen or heard Fishbone prior to this performance in the movie. Uh, But the song itself is just a lot of fun. It's it's again, it's that light breezy thing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Annette Funicello claims not many people Uh, can do the twist not everybody can cha-cha-cha but everybody can do the ska it's a dance that goes like this and then she proceeds to outline a series of complicated dance moves like the twist is literally you can't see me listeners but it is exactly what you think it is it's a twist motion whereas the jamaica ska is quite complicated comparatively it was like Uh, 35
3: different dance moves like in one who the it's, hell is
0: doing this? It's crazy, but uh, especially
3: at their age, like she's about to break a hip doing that. Work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: be honest. But the the song is just tons of fun. I've I've had uh, I've had it downloaded since the what was the predecessor to LimeWire? Kazaa. Yes, is that it? Because well, there was
1: Grokster, there was Napster, of course. I think it was but...
0: Kazaa. I think that's what it was. Uh, Because this soundtrack is not it's not terribly expensive if you do find it, but it's not the easiest to find. It's just people aren't this movie is is under the radar and this song isn't believe it or not. It's not one of the top summer songs of all time, Uh, but I love it.
4: And And I I remember uh, it should be
0: (laughs) when I when I brought it up. I know uh, you guys were in agreement.
3: Yes, Now I remember seeing the trailer for this movie as a kid. And uh, what caught my eye was it was like the heyday of Pee Wee Herman. So, of yeah. course, even though he only has like that cameo in it, like you'd be a fool to not highlight that in your movie trail. And it's it like the peak of Pee Wee popularity. So that was what like drew my interest to it. And I saw it. And I thought it was just a great, fun kind of movie. My question is, was this like the last like big like thing for Annette and, and Frankie? Was this their last major like
0: yeah, I widely think exposed if, I think thing? Maybe- as, aside from uh I want to say there was some kind of like Mickey Mouse club reunion special something or other uh, but yeah I mean I mean I think this was certainly the the biggest thing they were involved with towards the twilight of their careers so to speak
1: yes is another one of those that- I I think Pee Wee Herman was probably my main, the main driver for me wanting to see this when I was a kid too. But since my parents knew of Frankie and Annette, I don't think they had a problem with me watching this movie uh, as a kid. And I loved it then. And I went, you know, years without even really thinking about it or seeing it again. And then I watched it again in my like high school or even like later years and just fell in love with the movie all over again. And this song in particular, because by that point in time, I knew who Fishbone was. And I was like, wait a minute that's Fishbone doing this song. So, <laughs> so it was just all this this wave of like, man, sometimes the stuff you like as a kid's terrible and sometimes it's way better than you remember to be. I,
0: well, and I think that's definitely the case with Back to the Beach uh, because there's there was so much when I was 11 that I really didn't pick up on. But to, to your point with Fishbone, uh, later on when I guess reality of my surroundings was early 90s 90 or Mm -hmm. 91 maybe that was the album that i got from columbia house by the way (laughs) and i got that album and i was like wait that's the band from back to the beach (laughs) so i had kind of a reverse on that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i could have kicked myself when you posted this and i went why did that not even occur to me because i have seen back to the beach within the past five years so up to five years ago this movie still holds up for me. And I obviously, of course, did not know who Fishbone was when it came out. I went for Pee Wee as well. I watched some of those beach movies with my mom because she liked that kind of stuff and I didn't, but I watched because you know, it's what you do when you're a kid and you don't get to control the TV. (laughs) But I love this movie. And as the wife of a guy who's been in ska bands, not not everybody can do the ska. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. I, I have seen way too many people trying to dance at ska shows that that can't. Uh, so, no, it's far easier to twist.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm glad to have brought that one back for everyone.
2: I got to now... go get a drink if we're getting into Noel's music.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Noel, you're... Oof. Go ahead Damn. and... Uh, drop your first pick on us buddy
1: all right well i don't i don't i don't know what's uh what you guys have against this um let's transport ourselves back to the late 1990s there was a lot of like light-hearted hip-hop influenced alternative music that was on the radio uh you had a lot of bands like sugar ray and third eye blind and smash mouth even kind of cake fit into that a little bit some of it was okay some of it was really bad uh but Right around 99, there's a, a song that comes out by a Canadian duo.
4: I know it's for me if you steal my bursting on my feet if you steal my
1: And that song is called Steal My Sunshine by Lynn. Um, which was a brother-sister duo out of Canada. This was a one-hit wonder forum. Canada, uh, the
0: first place I think of when I think of summertime.
1: Well, if you if you hear the song, especially if you watch the video, this is, it's a Southern California song yeah. through and through. Uh, you know, it's it's apparently was written when the brother and sister were kind of having a falling out and they realized how much, like, they were missing a large part of their life and it's actually kind of a depressing song if you listen to the lyrics but like musically this is just just feels so like i'm i'm living in southern california in the summertime i mean it's been ranked on like all these top summer song lists as i was researching i was like wow apparently i'm not the only one who thought this way uh i may be the only one in this foursome that uh (laughs) likes this song but to this day, when I hear this, uh, you know the two the the two different vocal melodies. It's very similar to "Don't You Want Me" by the Human League. In fact, I think it was written to kind of sound like that, um, with the, the 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 male singer in the first verse, the female singer in the second verse, and then them doing um, playing off each other in the choruses and stuff. But the voices are very complimentary. They're very different from one another, and I don't know. I think the whole thing just gels as a, just a perfect <laughs> little pop song.
3: This song in in '99 was everywhere. Yeah, and oh yeah, I've I've lived on a short town for, since I've lived on a short town since '97. So anytime I'd hit like one of the like one of the boardwalks off the beaches here, they have like the music blasting through the through the whole like boardwalk. This was like every fifth song that year it legitimately was because there's oh yeah and i think if if that particular year too, this there's always at least one song every summer that's kind of like summary if that makes sense and for that for 99 this was the this was the only one so of course it's going to make sense they're going to play it into the ground
1: yeah i mean it got and i i will admit that i wasn't probably listening to a lot of the main this was being played on an alternative station here in atlanta and that's really the only place I ever probably remember hearing it. Um, I'm sure I, you know, saw the video and on MTV or whatever at the time too. But it didn't get like worn out to me because I wasn't listening to any like mainstream uh, radio. And uh, I'm sure I heard it all over the place. But yeah, it I, I never got I never got sick of it.
3: As, I feel as like a, it was in a Skittles commercial or something too. Probably it had to have been.
2: As the <laughs> former owner of a copy of the Go soundtrack. This was probably one of my least played tracks on there. It's, it's not that it's terrible. It's, it's an earworm. And, you know, there are a lot of it songs is. that are good for being earworms. And it's not something that I'm going to seek out. It has not made its way onto any of my Spotify playlists.
0: I'll just say this. Uh, the most I can say about this song is, uh, Noel, I really like you as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Now that uh, a little bit of my sunshine has been stolen <laughs> by, by Noel's first pick, uh, it's time to move in to the second round. Uh, Beth, why don't you kick us off? Let's, let's get this party back in gear.
2: <laughs> well, I have no room to complain about anyone playing or choosing any songs that were worn out to death because my next pick is...
4: I got me a call.
2: by the b52s and if you didn't get sick of that song when you came when it came out then god knows you had plenty of chances to do it ever since then this is a song that started popular and did not ever at any time get less popular that i can think of because it is still out there but it is to me the summer song because it reminds me of being in high school hopping in my friend sarah's jetta and if you know where we grew up In Stone Mountain, if you want to go to Athens, you got to go down the Atlanta Highway. Yeah. And so we would hop in her Jetta on the weekends, and we would drive up to Athens and townie it up.
0: Her Jetta, which was not as big as a whale.
2: No, absolutely wasn't.
0: (laughs) Not a Chrysler.
2: No, no, she was too uppity for that. Well, her family was too uppity for that. They wouldn't (laughs) let her out of Chrysler.
0: Uh, This this song's a phenomenon. You've got to consider the B-52s were... A great band for over a decade before this song came out and had great songs before this song. Like Rock Lobster is one of the greatest party songs of all time, and Love Shack blew it away with its popularity.
1: Yeah, their mainstream crossover success. This is where it happened
0: it, it is i mean th- this is it this is one of the top you know it, it, every list of party songs in the world this is on the top five uh it, it's just it gets it makes everybody happy um it, it's it's fun it's wonderful it's bright it's sweaty it's hot it's just it's fantastic i mean this this might be the best song on this entire list in my opinion
3: I was going to I was actually going to say exactly what you said, like, no matter your taste in music, you can't hear this and not get a smile on your face. And even like I don't dance, but you can't help but hear it and kind of sit there and kind of just groove a little you gotta bit. Move. It. It's, it has that hook to it like it gets you every single time.
1: Yes. But, and I don't the, do a lot of karaoke, but this is a song that I love to do karaoke. I,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I've seen <laughs> do you the do Fred it Schneid- and
1: yeah, it's good. <laughs> the Fred Schneider vocals.
2: Uh, they they have so many good party list songs, but after this came out, the I mean, my own private Idaho was just left behind forever.
1: And, you, I, and you, I, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, and, and talking about party songs, and as Dave mentioned before, Rock Lobster was one I think both of us had on our lists. Yeah yeah this knocked but, rock
0: lobster off my list But well,
1: yeah with love with love shack going on there it's like yeah we gotta we gotta yield to some love shack
0: well and love shack is the correct choice for this playlist the, the only reason i picked rock lobster is because it's the, it's the beach it's about the yeah but well like-
2: i i didn't pick this one just because it's a party song or a, a summer song It it just has a personal connection to me with summer because let's face it i mean unless you are going to the beach Summer doesn't mean as much to you when you're an adult.
0: Well, and that's that's very true because this is not the hot beach jams playlist. This is the hot summer jams playlist. And this is a summery summer jam. All right. Uh moving right along, Bob. What is your second pick?
3: I'm gonna keep this wild party going with my next pick, and that is before we reveal the name of the pick dave dave check that out man
4: <laughs> what
0: that over there
3: yeah hey right there hey <whistles> i'm
0: i'm i'm sorry i can't help you right now i'm on my way to tattletales
3: <laughs> right
0: here in atlanta
3: there we go. So obviously we're talking about Girls, Girls, Girls from the legendary Motley Crew. Um, again, kind of like what you guys we were just saying about Love Shack. Well, it's not necessarily a summer song per se. It's one of those ones where like Beth said, it takes you back to a time. And I always hear this song and I was just picture kind of
2: being young in high school with my friends. I, I want to know what the hell you were doing in high school if this reminds you of high school. <laughs> well, I mean, Well, not quite as
3: wild as this. Like, I mean, I wish I could have had a high school as wild as Motley Crue's life. But um, it just takes me more back to being like, you know, younger in high school, early teens. That's when I really kind of got into crew, And um, it's just kind of the thing, like on on like a Friday or Saturday, you put this on and just kind of go out cruising for girls. Cause that's all you do when you're like 16 years old is try to go out and get girls. And that's, it takes me back to that time and you're trying to, you never succeed. It just reminds me of like a more fun, simple, innocent time, really nothing else to it for me personally
0: now i think this is a great summer song uh i when i hear this it's uh it's six flags it's uh, outdoor concerts it's like there is a there's a sweaty grittiness to it that you know nothing to do with the beach or vacations or anything like that but really more like the summer party grind if the summer will. nightlife
3: almost like you yeah. had your day on the beach you you did the jamaican ska and right. now afterwards you got a you're already a little buzz now it's time to kind of get a little harder and go kick it and
0: absolutely try to um
3: and try to uh get some of those california girls like the love <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so everything i said about david lee roth Motley Crue, girls, (laughs) girls, girls. That is the exact opposite. This is the, I need to take a shower after looking at this video.
0: (laughs) That's why I love Crue so much. And it's
2: still fun. I mean, I'm not one of those who's like, oh, that is so offensive. They're so misogynist. I don't give a shit about that. It's just that they're just, you know, they don't look like they take their leather pants off often enough to take really good thorough showers. Um. Uh, I'm trying to. Have you guys read the book by any chance?
0: No, I. uh, How
3: that slipped by me. Okay, so it's called. It's called the Dirt. It's written from every perspective associated with the band. I'm going to try to keep this as PG as possible, real quick. Because exactly what you just said happened. Nikki and Tommy had a contest to see who can go the longest without showering and still get the most girls. It was like 30 days they were on tour, and Nikki had a girl um, perform. Something on him. And afterwards, she vomited. Uh, yeah. They went 30 days without showering, and the, the whole, cu- we'll see who can get the most girl. I got to go take a shower right now.
0: <laughs> that is horrifying. Yeesh. But
3: the, the book is one of the best books you'll ever read, whether you like the band or not. Just, it's everything 80s excess. And this. Let me-
0: let me throw out a little anecdote uh, that that I share whenever I have the opportunity, uh, and, and this will actually segue into my second pick. Uh, I worked at the Masquerade, which was a club in Atlanta. In in for, for a long time, I worked there from ninety seven to ninety nine, and at what at one point, the rock and roll act Wasp played at the Masquerade. I love that band. And I fortunately had been working there for a little while, so I didn't get stuck with this particular duty. But uh, a younger security member got tasked with hosing out Blackie Lawless's pants. And he said that the smell, and apparently Blackie Lawless has his pants hosed out after every show. But despite that, The smell was so bad that he spent about half an hour afterwards throwing up this poor young man who worked at the masquerade making minimum wage. So you can imagine or you can't imagine what uh, Tommy and Nikki's trousers and, and undercarriage must have smelled like after 30 days of not being hosed
3: out. That how like it's, it's that's horrifying so just to reiterate again and like for you guys or anyone listening if you've never read the book the dirt highly recommend it especially if you have any interest in 80s hair metal at all even if you hate motley Crue, it is a must read for the excess of everything 80s and this song is definitely the epitome of like 80s excess in la
0: the documentary what was, was it on vh1 or something the behind I the felt, music, yeah. It felt well, no, no, no. They did an actual movie of the dirt.
3: Oh, like yeah, not, not so, a
0: documentary, a, a biopic, oh, yeah, a bio, the, the
3: Netflix movie. I would say that's about Netflix. It's, it's
0: pretty good, but it, it seemed a little a soft lot to out. me.
3: It was, it good, seemed, but it it seemed a like lot. they
0: prettied it up a little bit for Netflix. Oh,
3: yeah, they definitely
0: did. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, any, any more thoughts about girls, girls, girls?
1: I can confirm, not that I've been there in a long time but if you go to Tattletales, you will eventually hear this song.
0: I think if you go to any strip club, you will eventually hear this song.
3: (laughs) This is a staple of every strip club around the world, without a doubt. Uh,
0: All right, so to bring us back to my tenure at the Masquerade, uh, I was a security guard there, eventually was head of security there, and it's still my favorite job that I've ever had in my life. If it paid better, I'd, potentially still be there but uh i got to see a lot of bands come and go and in the summer of 1997 a band that i had never heard of that as we were doing their load in i didn't think much of uh but eventually they got on stage and absolutely blew me away with this song come on,
4: yo. Grill started. I wanna So let's get this party started. Up the gas and, it up.
0: The flame and that is barbecue by two skinny jays who are no longer a band. But in nineteen ninety-seven were it was before they got their uh, major label deal because they, they went on to have a couple of hits. They they got onto MTV. They put out, uh, I think three major label records, but prior to that, they were just a touring band. They had a few EPs and they were so under the radar that they sampled star Wars music and did not receive a cease and desist for it. Uh, but this song barbecue is so much fun. So absolutely preposterously ridiculous in what it is that when they they played it live it's one of those things where i got it because noel you mentioned in the late 90s there were a lot of those sort of hip-hop tinged alternative rock whatever bands and these guys looked like they were going to be some corny shit show and put on i think the highest energy show i've ever seen in my life You couldn't help but love them and then this song hits and you get it you're like oh this is all tongue-in-cheek these they're they're silly but they're also rocking really well they had so much personality and charisma up on stage and this song as a result became one of my summer playlist standards every time because of course when you get into the summertime, you start cooking out, you start having barbecues, you start having friends over, uh, you bring out the gas grill. And uh, it's it's just such a fun song. And for the listeners, if you have not heard the whole thing, I, well, first of all, if you can track down the EP that this came from, Sing Earth Boy Sing, came out in that year, 1997. It's great. Uh, just fun, fun music. But the, this track in particular is just, I, I love it. Now... 'm I'm, I'm going to assume that you guys had not heard this song before
3: i I can tell you I have not so I listened to this and the first impression I got from it was this had to have been born from like grandma's barbecue like shopping list was on the on like the table like hey you know what's <laughs> gonna make a great song and that's kind of what burst it. and they just thought like how ridiculous can we possibly get grandma's barbecue shopping list and they and they did it <laughs> and they fucking nailed it
1: I, the only song I was really familiar with, with for Two Skinny Jays speaking of Star Wars samples was Irresistible Force, yeah, because of yeah. the the Star Wars sample. Um, listen to this this was this was a lot of fun, and they got Yakid K to sing the lines from Techno Pump Up the Jam, <laughs> <laughs> or Pump Up the Gas Grill, uh, <laughs> which I was I was highly amused by.
2: I did not know this song either, and I was actually initially wondering how the hell you would know it and then i was like oh this has to be something here at the masquerade yeah this is not the kind of thing that dave would have listened to no
0: i I wouldn't have sought this out and i actually can't remember their their major label debut was called supermercado and there was a big song on it but i can't remember what the big song was because i never loved any of that stuff as much as i loved the first two eps that i got from them at that show and they were super nice guys uh just really like afterwards at the merch table just really great talk to everybody spent a lot like i said they were a touring band at the time like they were making their money on the road uh and they also had some of the best merch i had seen from a smaller independent band like they had these really cool soccer jerseys like really you know for the time you've got bands like showing up with just t-shirts or whatever these guys had all kinds of different stuff headbands and soccer jerseys and like socks i think like just crazy they they were really on top of their game and and ahead of the curve i felt like uh but yeah just just the song itself is a great summer song but for me personally it brings back memories of that summer and discovering fun stuff like this that i i never would have sought out on my own
3: I feel like a lot of this list has been that so far, more like personal things to us as opposed to like past lists that's just been like ones that remind us of like Halloween or Christmas. I feel like up to this point, this list has been more personal, which, which I like that. I like this a lot. Well, well I this think...
1: one, I, I, as I was thinking when we first started putting ideas together, it was like, well, this one leaves a lot more to interpretation than the other three. There's songs does. that definitely are either black or white. This is a Christmas song. This is a Halloween song or something spooky. Love songs. You can, you can go a little, uh, a little off the deep end like we did on a few of those. But this one, I mean, like every, anything could be a summer song to Absolutely. somebody.
0: Well, and as, as Beth pointed out, like your summer experiences are very different as you get older. So a lot of your feelings related to summer are, I think, by nature going to be related to the nostalgia of getting out of school for summer and having three months to do whatever you want with them. Whereas an adult, what does summer even mean? It's hot Higher outside. Higher
3: electric bills because you got the air on. Right. <laughs> <Yep>.
0: Like <laughs> it's it's a completely different thing. So there is a lot more personal nostalgia involved in this as well, I think all right let's move on noel why don't you wrap up this round
1: all right i mentioned before um that i i love the beach boys as a kid and the beach boys are kind of that quintessential summer band but i didn't want to put a beach boy song in this place so i thought i'm gonna do the next best thing
4: sweet cherub
1: So for my second pick from the 1999 album California uh, the song Sweet Charity by Mr. Bungle is my second pick here uh, and I know we have got uh, some, some other Bungle fans here um, but this, this whole album just feels like summer to me uh, it was released during the early summer I listened to it a thousand times during that first summer there's a lot of influence from, as I mentioned, the Beach Boys. Um, a lot of influence, uh, influence from like Hawaiian music and uh, ska and exotica and surf rock, uh, in addition to like jazz and other avant-garde genres. Because it's Mr. Bungle, and that's what they do. With this song in particular, it starts off with the the sounds of crashing waves and seagulls, and then you get into some surf guitar, and then just Get in that second verse, of course, you start transcending those genres a lot more, but the whole thing just really feels light and summery and something that you could listen to while, while sipping on a margarita at the beach.
4: I think, and this, was, this was
0: another one.
3: Oh, sorry, Dave, go ahead.
0: I, I was just gonna say, I think California is up until Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, I think it's Mr. Bungle's most coherent album, uh, where thematically it feels like a complete work. It's almost like a concept album. Yeah. Uh, And I, I I loved this album as much as I loved the self-titled album and disco Volante. This is the one that made me feel like it was more than just Mike Patton stroking himself. Uh, (laughs) And and I don't want to, I don't want to take away from anybody else's contributions to the band. Obviously Trevor Dunn, Trey Bruins, like the, the rest of the band made Mr. Bungle what it was, but so many Mike Patton projects kind of veer off into his sensibilities. And to me, California was really everybody coming together to make something that, that to this day is, is a special and unique achievement.
1: And well, I think Trey had a lot to do with that because Trey had just done the cover of Good Vibrations, yes, before this, and I think that's what got him onto that heavy Brian Wilson vibe um uh, because there's way and there's a little you can hear a little bit of it in their first couple albums, but not as much as you hear on this one, where it's one of the most underlying themes.
0: and this song in particular is the one yeah. that you bring to the beach with you,
1: right. So I could have gone with, like, I mean, Retrovertigo. Well, uh, Air Conditioned
0: Nightmare is the one that...
1: Air Conditioned Nightmare. I've uh, leaned
2: in that direction, too, until you sweeped out Sweet (laughs) Charity. Vanity
1: Fair is another good one that just, like, feels good. I mean,
2: the album's fantastic. Yeah, The
1: whole
0: thing is fantastic.
2: This is the tour I saw Mr. Bungle on, and I... Did not listen to Mr. Bungle albums. They were a little too Mike Patton stroking himself for me. <laughs> but I saw this tour because this was their accessible album. As Terry said, when I told him that Noel would pick this, he said, oh, he picked the Beach Boys song or the Beach Boys album. And I said, yeah, but it's the Beach Boys album for people who don't like the Beach Boys, which is me. Cool.
3: Yeah, this was one that uh, another one I, I'm familiar with the band I wasn't really familiar with this song. And it's, it, it did exactly what the way Noel described it. Like I just kind of pictured this was more like, like the adult summer song where it's like, you're just kind of sitting on the beach, having a couple of drinks, just hanging out, talking, having a good time. It's good background vibe music.
0: Well, that was an excellent way to wrap up our second round. Now let's find out if Beth has a great way to kick off round three.
2: Given the recent memes that are going around About one of the people in this next band I don't know if this is going to be great or not But we'll deal with all that when we get there Because for my next round pick I'm going with There's so much space I put me a piece once
4: the piece to my mind in the summertime.
2: time rolls by jane's addiction and before dave navarro was a giant douche who told people that they were like taco bell because they were living moss. oh he is that act- what that is? is yes. that where it came from
0: i don't even know what the <clears throat> the like i saw the meme and i was like i don't understand this it's,
2: it was like from one of his tattoo shows because that's all he is now is like a tattoo guy now He doesn't. I I haven't seen him play guitar.
4: Not that I even care anymore.
0: He told somebody, "You're like Taco Bell. You're living moss." He, he,
2: I think he told like a group of tattoo
3: contestants. I can't believe I'm I'm admitting this. I watched the show. The the segment was sponsored by Taco Bell, so of course, don't laugh. Stop laughing. You
4: laugh. Oh. That no, makes it
2: worse. No, it actually, it actually makes
3: it way worse. <laughs> so they had to work all the stupid little catchphrases and crap into like <sighs> into the segment. So that's why he said it. And then, of course, the internet being the internet, people are taking that and just putting it on every other possible thing. Sure, so I just, sure. I don't even know how this was. A, it wasn't like this just happened. That was, was No, like I just started ago.
2: seeing it, though. Like, I don't know how it this shit just came out, back. Later. You know, memes, memes make the circuit, but it's resurged again. And... And he would kind of already turned into a giant tool before. I'm sure this resurgence. I, I feel happened. like oh, yeah.
0: joining the the worst iteration of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is the point where Dave Navarro became
1: irrelevant.
2: And, that, and then and the he whole stopped,
1: affair with Carmen Electra thing.
2: He stopped playing guitar and started being on reality shows. That's okay. That's a problem but, but for me. Years,
0: but years, years before but any. Once that upon happened. a
2: time, he was an amazing guitar player. Put- Player, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people just need to keep doing the heroin. I don't know. That's a terrible thing to say. Never do drugs, kids. <laughs> never and do if drugs. if you
3: start,
0: never stop. Never because ever then you stop become lame
2: Because and to you, tie it
3: back further, if you're ever thinking of doing drugs, read the Motley Crue book, The Dirt, it'll turn you off immediately. <laughs> See, it
1: never <laughs> clear is a, a prime example of why you should keep doing drugs once you start. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: so, Jane's Addiction, I will still listen to two of their albums. Uh, They didn't have that many, but you know, this, this was a great one. This isn't the best or what I would consider the best song on the album, but it is a great summer song because it is a fantastic kind of do your illegal substance of choice or drink a lot of beers and sit on the beach and listen to this vaguely psychedelic kind of tripped out real mellow guitar jam that just takes you back to sitting on a beach, doing a substance of choice. So I don't even have to do anything except put this song on and it takes me back to doing something Summary, whether sitting I, on a beach or not.
0: I uh, some Jane's Addiction is one of those bands that kind of passed me by. I never really got into them. Um, I, I, I get it. Uh, anybody who's been a roommate with Pete Reddington could not possibly be unaware of Jane's Addiction uh but they just weren't our i i never meshed with them so i had not heard this song before and i played it and i was i was into it i was like you know what i could i could set up a hammock and lay back and put this song on and it would lull me into a nice little summertime nap but then towards the ends of the end of the song this noise that sounds like a cat being tortured starts (laughs) happening and it's really loud and it would wake me up out of my summer nap. And I I wouldn't appreciate that part of it. So if I could, if I could trim this down to just the first like two minutes of mellowness and leave out the, the, the cat yodeling,
1: I would be fine.
2: Well, when, when you get a six-minute Jane's Addiction song, you're going to get a lot of different phases of Jane's Addiction. Yeah, it's, which I, a, I, I
1: it's can, a lot can, of build, I can... build to it. Uh, yeah, yes. That's builds a to a to crescendo. It.
0: That's a good way to
1: put it.
2: You got to edit
3: out the parts you want. Perry Farrell is such a weird dude. This song could have been written about a teddy bear for all we know. <laughs> I,
1: I was mentioning when you first said this was on your list, this was one that crossed my mind and at one point in time was in my top four um it's also it's also one that could have made my love songs list because i kind of I, I always kind of feel like it's a you know a song about two people who love each other as well as you know wanting to sit on the beach and do illicit Ter- terry
2: tried to force me to pick classic girl for our love song list which is a great song which is a great song it's not my song
1: so
0: when i see my my last thought here my when i see summertime rolls that just makes me think of the neighborhood pool and all the moms who are trying to wear bikinis.
4: Oh my oh. God.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's a vowel. laughs>
3: hey, Dave, check that out, man.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, all right. Uh, sorry, everybody. Bob, why don't you save us with your next pick?
3: Uh, it wouldn't be a. a um... A list with me without including one of my all-time favorite artists with the next song. It's hot to laugh, my dry, You know that I've been screaming hard rock summer! Summer! summer. Hard rock summer. That was Alice Cooper with "Hard Rock Summer" from the <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason Lives movie uh, was never on the soundtrack. And it was never released on an Alice album. It was recorded for his 86 album, Constrictor, for some reason, never made the cut, was included in the movie, and then just never saw the light of day anywhere else until many decades later on Alice's box set, the life and crimes of Alice Cooper. Uh, This is just a good, fun summer song about being in that late teen angst kind of attitude, leaving everything behind and going to live your own life.
0: So, I don't know how I feel about admitting this. Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say School's Out for Summer was, that was on yeah. my short list. I, well, I yeah, was expecting
2: too. Bob to do an Alice Cooper song, and that's the one I was kind of expecting, so that's why I was too like, I'm not even going to think about it. This, I, I, I don't mind. I'm going to be predictable, but not that predictable.
0: This song, uh, up until a few years ago, I did not realize was an Alice Cooper song, and I was 100% positive that it had to be a friend of the director because it was so bad.
4: <laughs> it's not this... one of his best songs. If well, it's not.
0: But here's the thing. Once you get the knowledge that it's Alice Cooper, you realize he is writing this song to a very specific purpose. It is called Hard Rock Summer. It is not meant to be like a great epic rock and roll song exactly that's meant to be a light fun it's it's he's it almost feels like a parody like i think maybe I, I wonder if the reason it was not included on one of his albums is that he wrote it very tongue-in-cheek meaning it meaning for it to sound like something from a teen teen comedy or teen horror movie or whatever because that's what it sounds like it sounds like your stereotypical generic like rock song from any number of of sex comedies or horror movies or whatever and i wonder if that's what he was going for with it and with that take on it it's phenomenal but for years i didn't know he was the one behind it and i was just like this has got to be somebody's friend (laughs) that made
3: this song. <laughs> um, it, the song actually in tone does not fit with the rest of the album from 86. And I think that was part of why it was omitted. And they just kind of threw it away into this movie. Um, a lot of what Alice does, despite his his appearance of being this like horror shock rock guy. Most of his music is actually meant to be very tongue in cheek and more comedic than anything and else. Lots of satire. It, that's He's and, and huge th- on that. Like that's as horrible as life. things might appear on paper, most of it is meant to be like you said satire tongue-in-cheek that's his one of his best friends was groucho marx he's always maintained yes that same mentality um and this song is very much like what you said it is it is kind of meant to be like like a like an 80s like parody kind of in a way
0: like it could have been in like one crazy summer or like oh yeah of those kind of movies
3: Easily literally fits in any of those movies it really does
0: and and for that like it gets all the respect. Like now, I've I've done a total 180 on this song <laughs> because now I have the context to appreciate it.
3: I actually a, like the full song is way better than the little like minute snippet clip from the movie, the
0: movie is the worst. Like,
2: well, it's not the worst; <laughs> it is the most 80s cheesy of yeah. The song. Absolutely, this song is why I I do approve of us posting our our list to each other first because this is not a song i would have known and it's not a song i would have gone well bob picked this so let me go check this out uh later because i'm not ever going to get around to and just let's be honest i'm lazy um so <laughs> listening to it before the show i was like oh, okay i get it i immediately got that it was a joke and i'm glad that i was justified in finding out that, that was a joke because otherwise i'd have been like i thought it was a joke i'm really <laughs> sorry bob <Mom. laughs> No, and, and that's
3: funny for you guys hearing it for the first time like you were dead on with your with your interpretation because that's that's the way he writes that's his that's his thing yeah um forget the song for you you've all the three of you have seen the movie at least right like i know so oh did, yeah, yeah, said, yeah yeah oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, many, you guys have times. seen the movie at least all right so at least you heard it before just didn't exactly know what it was so yeah
1: right yeah i, I couldn't i didn't pick it up from the movie because it's been so long since i've watched that movie in its entirety mm-hmm. but But yeah listening to it i did i definitely was like okay i see what he's going for he's doing his throwback kind of song and it 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 works in the context
0: all right well it's time to move on and we're going to go from the strange satirical and relatively obscure to probably the most obvious choice on the entire list and that is released in 1984 in July of 1984 in the United States but previously released in June of 83 in the UK Banana Cruel Summer not this one I was torn a little bit on because it's it's so weird to me this it's summer it's there in the title you watch the video and it's August and they're in New York City sweating their Adorable little butts off Which by the way If <laughs> Panorama aren't the cutest band in the world I don't know who is um, Just frolicking around New York When it's 95 degrees outside Acting like they're not miserable uh, But Cruel Summer It's in every lyric It's it's about a, this difficult time they're having during the summer uh, Musically It's not the it's It's not the typical It's not upbeat Really it's 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 great. It's a great pop song, but it's almost a little morose for my taste. Now, I, I understand I'm in a room with people who choose you know, summer songs from nine inch nails, but you get what I'm saying. Like this is not like a super <laughs> peppy song. Uh, but for me, again, going back to the nostalgia thing, this song, first of all, karate kid is is what made this song a hit. Yeah. Big summer movie. Uh, but then beyond that for that year and, and a couple years after, probably every time you went to the water park, every time you went to mini golf, every time you went to outdoor summertime activities, this was playing. This to me is the theme song for like that outdoor summer stuff that I did when I was a kid. My grandpa would take me to, to jungle rapids in Wilmington, North Carolina, And this song probably played eight times while we were there. Uh, I I just get such strong feelings of like happiness and summer heat. And I'm not a big fan of the outdoors, but this to me is like outdoors fun. Uh, So there's, it, it is a summer song about summer, but more than that, for me, it's a very personal, like this brings up summertime.
2: Um, real quick as a child also of the 80s, for everyone who grew up in the 80s, how did we not all get hepatitis from those damn water parks?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like we're all gonna get some kind of class action lawsuit going in about 20 years, because we're all gonna end up with some kind of horrible fungal disease that lies no, the, for what, a long time. What we're time. gonna
0: end up with is they're gonna find out that like chlorine has some kind of latent. Decades long after effects because there was so much freaking chlorine in all of those places that if no you were lucky d- d- could live things <laughs> the
1: eyes. Yes,
3: so you guys are talking water parks. None of you had the pleasure of surviving Action Park.
1: <laughs> a lot of people didn't have the pleasure of surviving Action Park.
3: <laughs> That's a show itself. Tell me is. about
1: Action Park.
3: <laughs> well, we'll that- take
0: a little. We'll take a little side trip here. Tell us about Action Park.
3: Action Park is infamous um, in the world of theme parks. It's it's a it was a northern New Jersey park that was. Wait, mostly is there a movie rides. about this? So there is. There was a documentary on HBO about it. Okay. And then uh, Johnny Knoxville kind of did like a parody type movie of it. Kind of the place is notorious because every day there was injuries left and right. <laughs> Nothing was ever approved. The guy just wanted to create a, like a, a theme park, so he just built these batshit crazy things that were in his head that. Half of them never worked. Um, it, it had its own hospital on grounds <laughs> with their own medical team. There was this one ride called the Appalachian Trail. It was a giant wooden slide. And you were just given your own little like, like bobsled that you controlled yourself. No seatbelt, no nothing. just a little handbrake that usually didn't work. Was that a, a good idea? Ev- <laughs> uh, almost every person that rode this lost skin. <laughs> they had one ride it was a water slide that went down. I want to say like twenty feet. I wish the listeners could see this. It went down like twenty feet, like this, right? Spiraled around like a crazy straw, and then went back down. The problem is the water pressure wasn't strong enough to get the water all the way around. Oh my god! So most people would get through the loop, and then it was dry, and they would just fall and hit. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. Then they had this. They had this thing called bumper boats. Bumper cars, but in water, and if you hit hard enough, it would flip your boat over, and you were strapped into this. So, what what <laughs> year was this? The eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. When everything was carefree and reckless. So this it was this the was 80s. the eighties. So I mean, that's the time are, of lawn
0: darts. <laughs> chances are, "Cruel Summer" was playing.
2: It was hundred percent played in action park.
0: Yeah. Fair enough.
2: And that was probably a super appropriate song for that park. <laughs> It definitely yes, was. Yes, I- yes. Listeners, if you take nothing away from this episode, please just
3: Google Wikipedia Action Park and just prepare to just sit there reading with your jaw open. And listen it's to Kurosawa. Phenomenal.
1: I'm pretty sure my brother in law went there a few times in his childhood because he also grew up in New Jersey and has lived to tell the tale, thankfully. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've he- heard a lot about Action Park, I've read a lot about it. Does he have all 10 fingers still? Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he still has all 10 fingers. I don't know about his toes. I haven't seen that. All right, then
3: he's good.
0: Then he's good. All right, well, we got to move on. Uh, Noel, please uh, return return to uh, Mystifying Us. All right. With your third pick.
1: So uh, my first pick and my second pick were from 1999. A bit of a theme because the first time I heard this song... Was also in 1999, despite the fact that it wasn't officially released until 2000. Um, my third pick. It's to to oh,
4: on
1: from one of my all time favorite bands, Ween, and the song is Bananas and Blow. Uh, i heard this song at the masquerade music park in august of 1999 it was a perfect summer day i was there with some friends i think uh the husband of one of our panelists here might have been among them uh because i wouldn't have been no no you wouldn't have been (laughs) but uh this song they played was the first time that any of us had ever heard it because it hadn't yet been released uh We likened it to Jimmy Buffett uh, after uh, just snorting a bunch of cocaine and doing a bunch of acid. Um, Essentially, it's a pretty straightforward song. Um, The narrator's been stranded um, in a in a cabana with nothing but bananas and blow, and uh, it's got steel guitar or, or sorry steel drums and like some Latin guitar, and it's very Caribbean inspired. And it's a it's a Ween song if you if you know Ween then you know this fits perfectly into their au revoir. Um, and it's a, it's a staple at their shows. It's always a crowd pleaser when they play it. And it just, because of the first time I heard it, and just because of the overall themes of it, it's, it's one of my all-time favorite summer songs.
3: I feel like if they were to do a modern remake of Scarface, this would absolutely be on the soundtrack.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I uh, Ween is another band that kind of passed me by a little bit i I never got into the fandom but
1: i could i could understand that
0: (laughs) yeah i just i i i missed him my i mean like a lot of people our age my introduction to ween was through beavis and butthead yeah um Mm -hmm. and then just from that i was like eh this doesn't it is as much weird shit as i've liked for some reason ween didn't hit that in me uh but i did have a great ween experience uh, at the masquerade that we've mentioned so many times during this episode uh, i got to work stage for a ween show in i think it was 98 and if, if you know ween you understand that putting somebody up on stage to prevent like people from climbing up on stage and wreaking havoc is really unnecessary like ween <laughs> fans are not doing stage dives and wash pits
1: well it depends ween's got some pretty heavy stuff in their catalog too so well they they
0: do and this was actually uh when did the mollusk come out
1: 97
0: okay i think this was the mollusk tour so maybe this was 97 probably was uh so and maybe that's why i was up on stage but anyway i was working stage to make sure those those crazy aggressive Wayne fans that certainly <laughs> weren't too baked to even like raise their heads let alone make an aggressive move towards the stage uh didn't get up and cause problems and i was just sitting there watching the show uh and i will say this they put on an incredible show because absolutely that kind they- of variety of music because they play every style of music you can think of from from polka to metal to country western to to this caribbean whatever this is uh they play it all but i'm sitting there just watching the show and dean Wayne at one point walks over to me with a bottle of jack daniels and was like man you look like you could be having more fun here you go and just hands me that bottle and then (laughs) they play the whole show i took that bottle home because i'm not sitting up there drinking in front of my bosses uh took the bottle home and had it for years i still to this day don't know what happened to it i'm sure i'm sure one of my shitbag roommates just took it uh i wish i had thought to have them sign it after the show but you gotta understand how jaded i was at that point i didn't really care about ween that much and like i'd seen so many bands come through
2: was i not one of your shitbag roommates in 1998 (laughs) uh I would not have drank your Jack Daniels.
0: No, you wouldn't have. But I had many shitbag roommates. You had roommates future.
1: after that fact.
0: Yes. Uh, so anyway, I don't know where that bottle ended up. But for that reason, I have a fondness for Ween. And I do, I do enjoy their stuff quite a bit. And this song is fantastic. Uh, absolutely not, not anything I'd heard before. Not anything I was aware of. But now totally on my summer playlist it is. It goes alongside Bill Paxton's legendary coconut peat performance. Yes, from <laughs> from Club Dread. Uh, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's from that Auvoir. revoir, is that the right word?
1: Ouvra, uh, yeah. Whatever it is, what words you read and never hear pronounced.
2: Hey, right, That's right, exactly. exactly. Not, that wasn't bad.
0: Um, <laughs> but from that collection of like Buffett esque satire that, that mm. i do enjoy so much so yeah this was great this was a delight for me I, I when i saw it i was like i don't imagine i i, I don't know ween and just didn't i didn't know they did anything like this which is dumb because they do
1: everything <laughs> they do everything well and and they've also got i mean for for guys who are considered to be a joke band by most people who hear them for the first time they're incredibly musically talented i mean there's there's a oh, an incredible guitar solo in this song that's like wow it's kind of mind-blowing for what is essentially just a a novelty song. Um, Similar to your story, though, I will say that I do recall a moment where a a Ween fan jumped up on stage in the middle of a show with the 40-watt in Athens, and rather than letting security do something about it, Gene Ween just stood aside and let the guy finish the song in front of the microphone. (laughs) And that's one of the many reasons why I (laughs) love that band. Because he's just like, cool, take it. And he let him sing the second half of Ocean Man, and then... (laughs) went back out in the crowd and <laughs> had the rest of a great night. That I'm sure he could tell his friends about for years. If he remembered any of it, That's G- great. Gene
2: probably took his nitrous tank and walked to the backstage area and was just like, handle it.
0: <laughs> that was uh push. The little daisies. That was the Beavis. Yes. Head song. Mm. That was it. That I was like, ah, you know what? I don't think I need this
1: in my life, but it I, took I, me a was, long time. Cause that was my first exposure. And it was one of those. There was a, there was a used music store in Lilburn and one day after going to cash my paycheck working at the video store i wandered in there and i saw a copy of the pod on cassette and it was like seven dollars and i was like eh, i'll try this and i was that's when i that's when i fell in love was probably their was least it. accessible thing they ever did uh was the album that that got me into Ween. yeah
0: goal um because because really if you take in their albums individually they are themed basically the mollusk is the metal album was it 12 golden country greats whatever
1: which they actually got like a bunch of people who played with elvis to record that entire album with them
0: yeah i mean they're they're amazing but i just i just never latched on
1: i get it i get it like i said i'm i'm a fan but i don't begrudge anyone who isn't
0: (laughs) all right you guys it is time for us to bring this thing home we have got to move into our speed round which usually doesn't end up being much of a speed round but whatever the final oh, round. Bonus round. The last four selections to round out this Needless Things Hot Summer Jams playlist. Noel, it is time for you to drop the bomb that cannot be undropped. It is time for you to ruin lives and destroy eardrums with this rotten piece of crap.
1: <laughs> so the rest of my songs <laughs> I mentioned came out in 99 or I first heard in 1999. When we met. Summer. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits, China. Oh no, God!
0: No, God, please, no! No! No!
1: No! But this song came out in 1987. As I mentioned, I love the Beach Boys, and I also loved the Fat Boys.
0: What you
2: changed your pick? He said you couldn't do that!
1: You just said I could change my pick.
0: No, I said it was too late now but what? Yeah. however we're going to waive the rules
2: because yeah. this
1: was on my list i thought this I was the whole purpose not, of me going in the last round is to give no, me an opportunity to was, change my pick no, no it was to keep you from
2: ruining everything I would, we're
0: not even going so for the listeners you have to understand that we shared <laughs> all of our choices in advance so this time we would have the opportunity to listen to songs that we might not be familiar with which is really hilarious because this time around i'd heard every song on this list except for one um and noel's final pick which we're not going to mention because i don't want this song stuck in anybody's head i don't want to do that to you guys because i I'm mentioned over- ahead
1: of time this was my joke pick and i went with it just because i thought it would be a f- when you put me in, the, in the, the last in the rotation i thought it would be a fun song to throw in everybody's head at the end
3: you were wrong at, no <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, wait a minute why can't you if if we had to suffer
2: Shouldn't the listeners have to suffer? No, I won't do that to our <laughs> No, because I listened to about 20 seconds of this, this song and turned it
0: off. Th- look, this, this this, has the rare Needless Things <laughs> distinguishment of earning the moniker worse than crawl. <laughs> so we're not going to mention Noel's former pick. I take back what I said about it being crappy because his current pick... <laughs> is fantastic and was one of my picks
1: so Noel, please continue all right my final speed round pick is to
4: wipe out
1: Wipeout by the beach boys <laughs> And the fat boys from 1987 uh i guess it's a cover but not really because the original is an instrumental and this one it's uh it's it's a fat boy song and it's so much fun and if you don't hear this song and just feel good and feel like you're ready to go to the beach and you know start dancing on a surfboard there's something wrong with you. I'm, I am I will make that decision like as a clinical psychologist at this point in time, which I'm not, but I can still, I still feel the authority to tell you there's something wrong with you. If you do not feel good after listening to this cover of Wipeout. Or, or
0: really any fat boys songs, they are criminally underrated as like a feel good hip hop act. Uh, I love them. I love, are you ready for Freddie? I love the twist. I love Wipeout. I love like, they're the movie uh disorderlies,
1: oh yeah
3: disorderlies <laughs> is awesome don't forget that they boy's... did the theme song for the police academy cartoon yes too, yes which is
1: ridiculous
0: hugely underappreciated group but yes wipe out uh th- this is an awesome song i love it and we're gonna have to determine for because our next i'll go ahead and tell the listeners now our next installment of the playlist series is going to be covers. We have to determine if the original artist is involved in the cover. Is it truly a cover? Yes, I don't think that it is. But is I, it I truly? So.
2: Is it truly no, a I, cover if the original has no lyrics and the new artist just comes in and gives it? Lyrics. See,
1: I would not consider this a cover. This is this, an, a, this a is cover. a reinterpretation.
0: Yeah, th- this isn't a cover any more than any other like hip hop song that's using a sample
1: right. is
0: is a cover just because the Beach Boys are there. It's not, it's in the same way that Walk This Way.
2: Right. That's not it's, a cover. Right. Not really. It's a it's whole not new a cover. song. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think covers have to be the original artist is not involved. Uh, but they and it, still could be. But it is
3: a song. Maybe? Clearly,
0: Bob, you have already chosen a cover that has the original <laughs> artist
4: I involved. have, actually. I have,
3: actually. But it's still, <laughs> Surprise. I have, but it is a true cover song still. Okay, well, then okay, we'll let
0: you right. defend that on the next installment. We will let that go for now. So, yes, fantastic. Love this song. Love the Fat Boys. Uh, Bob, move on to your final pick for this play.
3: I wish I can remember the name and the artist from that uh, horrible song because I just would have used it then just to throw everyone off, but I'm not. I'm not <laughs> a scumbag like that. <laughs> uh, my, my, my final speed round pick is this. <laughs> Guns and Roses, You Can Be Mine. This song 1991 was everywhere due almost 99% because of Terminator 2. Yes. This was the song that was deemed like the theme song for Terminator 2, which is probably the biggest movie of all time up to that point, And probably still remains one of the biggest movies ever today. Maybe not financially, but the impact it had, there's no denying it was like huge. Um, and this song was everywhere because of that movie. And again, while not a true song about summer, it takes me back to being 12 years old. 1991 like terminator hysteria being a kid 12 years old into that just takes you back to that simpler time you know being in like seventh grade and a much more innocent time of life
0: we've talked a lot on this podcast about the summer of the bat in 1989 and how massive that was uh and terminator 2 personally i don't think it was as pervasive as batman 1989 I agree with but you. It was very, very close in that it was all over the place. And on top of the Terminator 2 tie-in, and, and I might be wrong about this. I'm sure you guys can correct me. This wasn't this Guns N' Roses like big comeback
3: song. Yeah. No. No, well, this this was on those the User Your Use Your Illusion, Illusion one and two, two albums. Too. But yeah. This wasn't like one of the, the 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 initial singles from them though. This this
1: was the first I think this was the first single off User Illusion Was it? Because, That's yeah, because what I this thought was, because when, when these came out and I was in high school and I didn't have much of a budget, so I was like, I got to choose between these Guns N' Roses albums because I couldn't I couldn't afford to buy them both at the same time. But looking at this song was what was on two. So that, that was what made the decision. I was like, I'm going to buy Use Your Illusion 2.
0: And this gave me mental hardship because same thing for me. I want the one with the big song on it, but I also wanted to buy... The first one first, even though it didn't (laughs) matter. Who cares? It it gave me mental problems because I was like, no, I I want to buy number one first because that's the order that I have to listen to them in because I have those kinds of issues.
4: But uh, a lot lot of
3: balls for a band to release like two albums on the same day like that. But this wasn't a comeback. They were in the peak of the popularity, just coming off Appetite for Destruction
0: this was the next thing but it was four years later
1: yeah it was four years yeah. later and and i mean they had lies and so impatience mean, was a big hit but patience was yeah. a big
0: hit but i feel like lies by all metrics underperformed compared to what it should have done as a well, follow-up to and Epithet you think about too,
1: what was happening this was the, the nadir of like hard rock um of like the like straightforward like hard rock and metal and that sort of thing. Yeah, so this is the end. That that was on the decline. Nirvana was about to drop, you know, nevermind yeah. at this point in time. So music scene was changing and Guns N' Roses managed to adapt and still have a few more good years of relevance when most of the other bands that were popular at the time that they were at their peak were considered jokes at that point.
0: Yeah, I feel like in the in the years between because eighty seven Appetite for Destruction hit was massive. But I feel like by the time preceding, you could be mind hitting. We were wondering if they were even going to do anything again. Because four years back then was an eternity.
4: Right. Yeah, it was.
0: Uh, so, yeah, th- this was, I-, I would certainly, or to me at the time, this seemed to be like, oh, they're back. This is the big, this is their big thing. And it's tied in with Terminator 2, which media tells me I should be really excited about. So I guess I am.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this this uh, yeah. reminds me that with, with so many things that we've discussed about movies that a summer movie podcast would actually be, and not necessarily movies that were released in summer, but movies that make us think of summer. Cause we've talked about, Oh Back yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Karate
1: kid and this and so many others. Like that's a whole separate podcast that we could do.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I'm making that note right now. Uh, and while I do that, oh, I can't while I do that because I'm up next. Uh, oh, wait, Beth, did you have any, you could be mine thoughts? Crazy that I don't. You're way out of line.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I, I didn't remember the song. I saw the movie. I, did you say you didn't remember the song? No.
1: The video that features the Terminator?
2: No, I didn't. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I made Dave throw it on his headphones. Sorry, you're too busy
1: listening to Nick Cave in 1991.
2: Uh, oh, good lord! Had <laughs> you been to my apartment? Have Have you seen Ryan Schweck dancing around, uh doing his gun, Guns Guns and Roses dance in the late 90s? This is why I did not care anything about Guns and Roses at all. They were everywhere. They were too much. They they well, came to my that's home that's why it's so shocking
0: that you would say i don't remember this song she blocked it out it's everywhere
2: you're right you've got I your. Blo- i blocked out all of guns and roses actually oh my gosh <laughs> wow damn
3: i took up a bad memory for beth i'm sorry beth it's, every time she so
1: okay. hears it it's, no. a, it's a brand new welcome to the jungle because it's her first time hearing it
2: i remember the first <laughs> album and that's hit. wow so, right. Bob, you didn't bring up any memories because they're buried super deep. There's some, there's some rich. There's a gold mine there for a therapist later in later in life.
0: Well, moving along, uh, I had a lot of trouble with this one because there's so many different things I wanted to throw out there, uh, and I'm going to choose one that I love, but honestly, don't have a ton to say about, and that is. I beach by the ramones i for years didn't really get the correlation between surf and punk uh and, and there is a strong tie between those forms of music and the ramones i knew like my first introduction to them was unfortunately pet cemetery And that song, in my opinion, is not great. But Stephen King is one of my favorite. I
2: I don't get to throw my headphones now that the first time you you heard Ramones was Pet Cemetery.
0: Look, I was I was a late punk bloomer. I I listened to rap, metal, and Weird Al until like
2: 1992. Well, here was it. That's fair. Fair. That'll learn you.
0: Uh, so Pet Cemetery comes along and they do this Pet Cemetery song for this movie. And Stephen King thinks the Ramones are the greatest bands of all time. And uh, I, Stephen King, I think, is one of the greatest creators of all time. And I'm so confused because that song sucks. So it led me to seek out more Ramones. And this song is... The it, it, first time it clicked in my head, like this music that my dad loves so much and this other music there's there's something there and then the queers released a a cover album of rocket to russia and that's where everything really locked in and i was like holy shit now i get it the ramones are great i want to own everything that they ever recorded uh but this song they they have basically a song for every occasion because uh very few songs last longer than three minutes. And I find any song that lasts longer than three minutes to be excessive. Uh, But
1: most of them don't even last longer than two minutes,
0: right? Uh, They, they played their entire catalog in about 62 minutes (laughs) <laughs> at uh the show that i saw them at i can't remember if it was a big day out or a law, lo- it wasn't a lollapalooza it was some festival show but anyway they played literally like every song they'd ever recorded in in 63 minutes
1: well they play them at like two times speed when they do it right, too, exactly. so that helps uh
0: but rockaway <laughs> beach is you, any occasion you want you can pick a ramon song to fit it this is their summer song it's great i've never been to the actual rockaway beach someday i will uh uh, bob you're you're relatively in that neighborhood right i've i've never been
3: there though that's uh, more new york
0: okay okay
3: i've never been up that way before
0: but you're closer to it than i am
3: yeah you <laughs> hey I, I, i've i've extended the invite many times you ever come down this way for a for a convention we'll I, take a road trip one day and head up that way it's it's going
0: to happen the world is opening back up Beach. and i'm going to be hitting the road uh very soon yeah, uh, but I just I love this song. It's happy. It's great. It's a summer surf punk song. It's awesome.
1: There were there were a few Ramon songs that I was thinking like these are very summery songs, and this is probably the most uh, well not counting their covers because they do a lot of covers of like classic surf yeah. and and uh, but as far as their original songs, this is probably their most summery. But there were a lot that crossed my mind, and I, it was it was like picking you know your your child. You can't just pick the one.
3: It's so funny with their moans, you would never look at them and make the connection to summer songs. Guys with long black hair, black leather jackets, stuff like that. They look like a Beth band. That is the last (laughs) shit you're thinking about wearing in the summertime. But for some reason, their moans, like, they're all about summer, which is crazy to me.
0: Well, they they look, just looking at them visually, they look like just a miserable band. But then they make the most fun, happy, exciting music Everybody should listen to the Ramones. Your lives would all be better. Uh, all right. Speaking of making everyone's life better,
2: <laughs> I it totally is time. I don't think I'm
0: gonna. You're you're absolutely going to.
2: <laughs> but I am this t- song.
0: Oh, just take it away.
2: I I am taking us out on a fun note, and if you want to talk about an earwig, this band is. An earwig. Everything that they have done is an earwig, and you can't it escape it. Earwig. You... Yes, it gets stuck. Your worm, your wig, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do some editing there. Fix that. It's <laughs> it is a thing that you cannot escape, no matter how much you want to, and eventually you give up and you don't want to. And that is I work out when I walk in the spot. This is what I see. Everybody stops and is staring at me. I got passion in my pants and I ain't afraid to show it. Show it. Show it. Show it. I'm sexy and I know it. He's already dancing. LMFAO, sexy and I know it. Oh, man.
0: Well, I love this song because I know like not fun dickhead me would have hated this song if it had come out like 10 years earlier i'd have been like it's not cool it's not fun. It's stupid This a stupid music
2: it's absolutely stupid but that's what's great about it
1: wonderful way it's
2: such it's so fun and i get it because they were so in your face inescapable when this stuff came out and like even i was tired of them and just like okay these these guys need to go away because i am sick of them and i am sick of their party rock and and now i'm just like every time it comes on now i'm just like okay give me some more party rock it's wonderful and, and this it's... video is fantastic if you want to see the hedgehog do a little sexy dance in a in
4: a speedo <laughs> you,
0: you got him it, if Wright said fred had gone on to make more songs this is what they would have been <laughs>
3: Like and they, you guys gave only Noel their one. for his phantom pick that we can't use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this this song is fantastic. If you're out, it like, th- this, this... You will never me,
2: dance to the Noel pick. You will dance to the one I picked.
0: Yes. You all will right, not you got be able to help I've
2: been in Atlantic City
3: many times and I've heard this song come on. And again, I don't dance, but I'm sitting there like, yeah, right. I can't yeah. help it. You, you can't.
0: just can't help it. You're what this right.
1: pick accomplished for me was reminding me how old i am because this song came out 10 years ago yeah and i know it feels it's like horrible. it's it feels like this is I, when i think oh yeah this is from like a year or two ago right no yeah it was a decade Wait, are you
2: serious yeah yeah 2011
0: it feels like are it's been like a couple years
2: well but uh, to be fair the last year felt like it was like seven that's true years the long. last
0: year has been a decade unto itself
2: yeah
3: so
0: well, I this think for the the listeners, sleaze... I'm
3: literally sitting here. I'm like my, my, my jaw dropped because I really thought this was like in the last like three years.
0: No, no, this Holy is. Uh, yeah. We're all dying really, really <laughs> fast. But before we do, we can listen to lots of fun summer music. You guys, thank you for putting together a phenomenal summer, hot summer jams playlist. Uh, before we go. Why don't you tell us what you're up to, where we can find you online uh, now now that uh, we'll go back to our regular order since Noel ended up not dropping that bomb. Uh, Beth, where can <laughs> we find you? What are you up to? Uh,
2: I am a co-host of the Execute Chapter 66 podcast where we cover Star Wars fiction. We do books uh, and comics. We do legends and we do canon. So tune in uh, every other week I believe not in charge of that anymore find, I just read find, books and talk
0: find the RSS feed and follow it however that uh, works some,
2: someday it'll be on needlessingspodcast.com I don't know when that'll be that's another thing I'm not in charge of
0: yeah I don't I don't know what more to do with that.
2: Yeah, anyway.
0: Bob, you've you've already had a busy few weeks. What else have you got coming up, and where can we find you?
3: I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm getting off a crazy couple of weeks of being out there doing shows. Thankfully, uh, things are opening back up again. Uh, been a very successful couple of weeks for 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 Glowmania. Going to be t- kind of stepping back for a few weeks, just taking a little break. I need it, but uh, gearing up already for a busy fall season. Looking, getting myself together, some shows. Going to be back on the road in the fall. You can check me out on Instagram and Facebook at Bob Burke Art for all your glow-in-the-dark needs.
0: And finally, Noel, what's going on?
1: Well, you can hear me every month right here on the Needless Things Network, uh, working alongside with Dave and Christian on the Audible Interlude podcast, discussing the world of G.I. Joe. Uh, so if you like G.I. Joe, or you're curious about G.I. Joe, or you just want to hear some people talk about it, uh, then check us out every month. Uh, we've got a new host, so um, Dave can put some more information on that because I don't remember it off the top of my head because I don't write things down. Um, or you can also find uh, 25 years' worth of content uh, on the rarely updated DorkDroppings.com, which also features uh, some work by two of our other uh, podcast co-hosts here tonight.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, this has been a great time, and we will be back very soon to lay down the Needless Things Ultimate Covers list. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks, guys. Happy summer, everyone. And now, summer may officially begin. Actually, it really can't because it doesn't start. I just looked it up. It doesn't start until June 20th. But you know what? You guys have a head start On the summer you can put your playlist together actually I think what I'm gonna do uh, I've I've put some playlists up on Spotify if you follow phantom troublemaker on Spotify or did I change it to needless things oh man how quickly I can't bring it up quickly enough so look for phantom troublemaker or needless things on Spotify and I've already put up it's phantom troublemaker I've already put up some playlists That I used at DragonCon events. And I'm going to put up playlists for all of the Needless Things playlist episodes that we have done. So, sometime this weekend, I'll put up a playlist on Spotify of these songs. So you can just go there, click it, and listen to these excellent songs. And just have a blast with your summerness, and your summer party, and your barbecue dip your chip in my dip dip love that song Uh, all right what else needless things youtube channel please go subscribe Uh, those subscriptions are very important because once i get to i think a thousand i can monetize the channel and anything that i can do to monetize needless things is very helpful because this is an expensive venture and i'm not talking about buying the toys i'd be doing that anyway i'm talking about the hosting and and everything else uh hopefully we'll be back on twitch soon my work schedule has just prevented it but we had a blast doing those and uh just hang in there you guys lots of awesome stuff coming i'm so excited about the rest of this year i love you guys